see if this turns out to be terrible we'll re-edit on our our recording so uh let's get it going welcome to the mountain outpost pod we're back i'm your host jam jam i'm not skizzle fresh that's 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 this guy uh it's bearable okay cool which is pretty much the the managing expectations that we've always tried to have it's like listen just let's just be functional let's be bearable it's so clear the bar yeah, let's let's go for it. Um, we're just gonna hang out. You're kind of tuning in. If it's if you can't handle it, we'll catch you next time. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we 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 haven't done one of these in a while. Uh, I feel like we've both just been incredibly busy, and that's been the main reason why we haven't done these regularly. But it's fall, fall season, ready to kick it back into gear. How you doing, sir? Dude, grinding. Already tired again, but. But things are things are rolling along, man. Yeah, very very long summer, uh, very weird end of the summer. But back to training, back to running. Got a pretty hectic race calendar coming up, so trying to get my my shiz in gear and try not to die in, in the process. So that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, how you holding up? Fairly well. Uh, you know, my summers consisted of running some long races and then not running at all in between them um made it through the slam of the damned so to speak with uh finish at hard rock utmb and then i got a little bit greedy and tacked on the mogion monster 100 and did not make it so kind of took the big l the big dnf on that one big hit to the ego which was your first ever dnf Pretty much. I mean, if you, I don't know if you'd count Barkley. Um, I wow. think technically I dropped out of the Pemberton 50K when I was like super sick, like way back in the day. I don't know if I really even count that, but pretty much first DNF, really. Um, I thought that no matter what, I would always get to the finish line and did not happen. So <laughs> I, I got to mile four. 46 buck springs right before dark honestly in a really great headspace i was jogging into the aid and got refueled sat down for probably a half hour headed out into the night and started cruising running nine minute miles for the next two or three miles and then all of a sudden dipped in this canyon and i couldn't run anymore Uh, my it band flared up it's like couldn't lift my bend my knee or lift my leg essentially so mm-hmm. hobbled for about 14 miles in excruciating pain it took me many many hours to like i was probably going like a mile an hour i don't even know very very slow and uh i was just like eh, this this just isn't worth it you know i it yeah there wasn't enough of a reason to like grind for another 24 hours basically or whatever or maybe it was like 18 hours whatever it was so just bagged it and um it kind of cleared up within a week i haven't really run since but you know running up and down the stairs at the office it's okay figured i should give my body a little bit of rest and reprieve so that's my story no more no more hundreds this year uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I, I I totally believe you. Talk to me on December thirty first and we'll see how, how that happens. All right, all right. Yeah. However, if you want to put up some, I don't know, hundred mile training weeks, actually uh get on that Barkley twenty twenty two hype train, then I will gladly support that that mission. So maybe some consistent training, something like that. Maybe. Just you know, just the, the bare minimum for man. You've run more miles 
in races than you have in training over the last like five months cumulatively yeah Insane. yeah yeah especially if you count yeah cocodona uh yeah it's pretty ridiculous yeah do better so yeah that's my update we can move on from it <laughs> it's in the past now the dnf is i've done it there we go rip the band-aid off good times you're fine you're fine yeah no, we, we need life life more. goes on it's okay no, no, we'll 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 take you healthy and happy, because uh, we we got some pretty big things coming down the pipe here. Uh, you've got some pretty big races that you have to uh, host slash direct coming up. We got some golden tickets that got to be given out here shortly, uh, in about what five weeks time, and then we're gonna see some world records probably drop. Definitely some age group records drop uh, in December. Yeah, man, just stay above ground. Absolutely. I like it. I like it. Um, we have not had a conversation. Well, me and you've had one conversation since the <laughs> last podcast. But uh, but other than that, we haven't had a podcast since, what, right after Western States? So we've missed a good amount of news. So should we just try to, like, power hour through some of the high, yeah. high points of, like, what's occurred and, like, some snap reactions Sure. I mean, there's so much. I would love, like, if there's people in the pod here, or not in the pod, what am I saying? People in the comment section, like, if you guys want to help direct this next part, we, we could do a rapid fire chit chat about some stuff going on that we saw this summer. Kind of a little bit of a re summer recap would be great. Uh, yeah. And then we can, yeah, talk a little bit about the track season, maybe too. But sure. yeah. Oh, what are you drinking, sir? You told me oh. I had to get a drink, so I did. I did. Well, what did you grab? Uh, I just grabbed the, we've done this many times, but the Papago Desert Sage Orange IPA. This is the Hoppy Havelina reincarnated. It's our local brewery, Hus Brewing, and they provide these for our beer gardens a lot of times. So, yeah, I got this orange IPA. Respect yeah. it. How about you? Uh, I am sitting on a Kirkland Signature Mango uh, Hard Seltzer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Listen, don't sleep on the Kirkland brand seltzers, all right? Everybody's on, you know, Truly's or White Claws or what was it Topo Chico or whatever. Listen, cheap as hell. Whoa, so, whoa, whoa. Topo Chico's got a hard hard seltzer? I think, isn't that their whole scheme? I think they have a hard seltzer. I feel like I Matt, saw a hard seltzer. Matt, jump in on this. What, what's going down <laughs> with Topo Chico? Whatever. Moral of the story is, if, if you have a Costco hookup, then the hard seltzer from Kirkland will get the job done. Uh, mango isn't my favorite of the flavors, but it's the one that I've been assigned by the missus because all the other ones are her favorites. So here we are. Hey, you got you to gotta take one for the team. All right, yeah. cheers, sir. Rip it, rip it, baby. Um, right. So Western States, we had a we had a Western States show. I honestly don't mm -hmm. remember what our last one was. Um, did uh, we talk? It was, the, it was more we talked about bucket hats because my IG was just – a dumpster fire for a month after that of every everything that occurred. It's like, where's the book in there? Whatever. So that was yeah. the last time we talked. It hasn't gained, hasn't gained a lot of traction, I think, probably because uh, – oh, whoa. You got I'm rats? Getting, What's happening? I'm getting feedback now. What's going on? Here, here's I'm why. getting yeah, terrible feedback. You got to do better. You know why? Because we're talking about bucket hats. And even the podcast and the technology is like, let's please not have this conversation again because they're terrible. Okay. Do we still have audio in the chat? Hopefully. I don't know. We'll just keep rolling. Uh, that's better for me. That's for sure. You can still hear me, right? Yeah, I got you. Um, yes, let's let's just real quick on, on this damn bucket hat thing. Somebody tried to come at me on Twitter about like how it's the most functional hat. And let's just, let's call a spade a spade. It's not, the brim is not large enough to cover your neck. It kind of covers your ears and like, it's a normal hat brim on the front. So if you're like, it gives me more protection, it doesn't, you're, you're fooling yourself unless you have it way the hell down, in which case it's a hood. So fight me. I don't care. I just, I just, so we're all clear, bucket hats, still not practical. Put some ice in it, sure, whatever, fine. Other than that, 
senseless. Let's move on. All right, moving on. Uh, so we had Hard Rock this summer, and uh, Francois annihilated the race. Uh, Debo and Ryan, shoot, Ryan, is it Ryan Smith? Oh, my God. Embarrassing. Uh, from Rocky Mountain Runners also destroyed the course, sub-24. Just impressive performances. I think it was it was definitely some of the fastest conditions I think we've seen at Hard Rock, having it snow-free and pretty good weather throughout. Um, the surprise, I think, of the race was Courtney dropping. Uh, she, of course, spoiler alert, you know, resurrected herself at UTMB and had essentially a dominating performance, which was really great to see. I mean, fast times there, too. And Francois with the double, it's it's unbelievable. Uh <laughs> It's just, it, you know, what's wild is that he's elevated himself so much in the past, like, three years, where it's hard to argue. It's like, ah, he's, like, the greatest long-distance runner of all time. Remember that Killian is still in this generation, and so you're just like, these two freakish athletes are coexisting, and one just, like, doesn't even get referenced that often anymore. And it's just like, what has happened in our sport since 20? what 17 2018 when it was all killing everything and now he's just plodding along and and doing his thing he's still crushing his races but he's just like seemingly fell so far behind the the hype beast uh that the francois has brought about yeah i mean francois he's kind of kind of been quietly doing his thing for a number of years when it comes to mountain hundred milers around the world i mean pretty much the king at this point I think it's it's safe safe to say with dominating Hard Rock and Diagonal Defoo on Reunion Island, UTMB has got what like four wins or something now. It's pretty pretty incredible stuff. And kind of doing that back to back, the Hard Rock UTMB double is pretty unprecedented. I think. Fact check yeah. that, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, in some podcast or some conversation somewhere, uh, I believe it was Courtney talking about how Hard Rock really is a, a good training run for UTMB. Like, it's the most analogous American race to the UTMB experience. You have a lot of high altitude, a lot of those technical terrains. Uh, so if you can perform well at Hard Rock, you should, on paper, be able to perform well at UTMB. Uh Obviously, historically, the American men have not been able to pull that off. Uh, so we'll see if that changes in the future. Uh, Courtney, obviously, has been crushing it the last two years. Massively overperformed this year uh, compared to her previous performance. But it, it, now we're, we're excited for Debo, right? Like, Debo's had this very arduous, uh, you know, past couple of years with injuries. Obviously, he's got his podcast and, and his app in the business for, with pillars, like, taking off. And so to see him hopefully you know, toe the line next year, does he all of a sudden become this dark horse, uh, you know, American favorite to finally crack, crack the code and make it happen? I don't know, but you know, his run at Hard Rock definitely inspired uh, a little bit of hope that the American men can finally crack, uh, crack that race. So, no pressure, buddy. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's see what happens. Yeah, definitely. What else we got? We just had Run Rabbit Run was yeah. just this past weekend. Uh, we had kind of a not a super well known name. I now have to pull up the results. Um, but I was following mostly because my brother was running, which is pretty yeah. cool. Um, I was pulling for him. Got a little bit of crap from Treeline Journal. That's cool. But uh, yeah, Dave Stevens is was your winner, and he he kind of destroyed the field. He pulled away. He was running neck and neck with Anthony Costales and put about 38 minutes on him by the finish. So 18.01, great finish time. Anthony Costales running his first 100, her first 100-mile finish. He, of course, won the golden ticket at um, Canyons 100K. And so had that spot in Western States, decided to wait on that and decided to throw his ring in the hat at this one. And 
I have to say that's a great debut for a hundred miler. Dave has quite a bit more experience. He was second to Pat Reagan at Havelina, I believe in 2018. He's also coming to Havelina this year. So, you know, Dave Stevens, that's going to be a name we're going to be watching. We're definitely going to get him in one of our pre-race interviews uh, talking about run rabbit run, his preparations, how he's going to transition from a mountain hundred to a flat fast hundred, but he's got experience there. So, you know, it's going to be good. Uh, Jeff Mogavero and my brother were neck and neck at the end. So at summit Lake, I don't have the mileage of that, but 15 hours and 12 minutes into the race, they, Nick basically caught up to Jeff. He was 28 minutes behind him at the aid station prior to that. So in like a couple hours, he caught him, like was probably running out of his mind. And then they were neck and neck from there to the finish line and finished within 30 seconds of one another. So Jeff held him off at the end for the podium spot. As far as the women's race, Addie Bracey, I think pretty much took that one all the way. She was seventh overall and Alyssa St. Laurent was second. And there was, it looks like about an, uh, not even an hour's difference between them. She was top 10 as well. And then Emily, Emily Caldwell was in third. So, you know, that's a big prize money race. Uh, you know, kind of the nice fall Colorado weather. Uh, I've never run the race. I've crewed someone at the 50 miler before, but that's my recap of run rabbit run. And I feel like the, the last ultra, we definitely have to touch on the resurrection of Mr. Anton at Leadville. Come out the cuts. The man had not finished a race in so long. I think like six, six years, I think. Something nuts like that. From his last and, hundred, it was like Lavaredo and yeah. yeah. And then it's like, he's like, cool, I'm just going to rock up and basically do a bike trip where I just like run up a bunch of mountains in between long bike legs. And that's his training going into a hundred at altitude and then like podiums. So shout out to him. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Good. Just some good Anton, good some Anton kudos out into the sprinkle them out into the world. Anton kudos. Good job. Anton. What? Yeah. It's curious to see, is this going to be like a one-off? He was able to pull it together. Is he going to be back for more? What are we thinking? Uh, you know, I think he he's in a unique position that I think very few like high-end ultra runners are, where it's like you get to just completely call your own shot. Like you you don't need to over race, you don't need to show up for certain races because you have like sponsor obligations or things like that, uh, you know, or just like general external pressure. He, he's anti. Like he kind of built uh, a generation on his back of ultra runners. And so I think he, he can just do whatever he wants. If he, if he feels intrinsically motivated to go do something, go run a particular race, then like he can do it. Does he want to stay domestically so that he can just like not have to deal with the headaches of travel and, and all that? Sure. Go well, he can do whatever he wants. I expect, you know, that, that we'll see him again. I, I, I maybe that's just me. I very much hoping uh, that yeah. we continue to see him, but um, I think that this is this has to bring some sort of confidence. Just to be like, hey, like I I did accomplish this. I, I am uh, capable of remaining healthy and, and doing this the right way. Um, I think he's a lot wiser about his training, um, and so he kind of can uh, strike that balance a bit more. And whether he does races because he has the sole goal of trying to win the thing, or if he just wants the experience to, to be around the community, to, you know, be, be amongst his people, uh, you know, that remains to be seen. But I think, I hope uh, that we'll, we'll see him again at some, some, some races around at least the United States, if not uh, whatever the hell qualifications for UTMB at all look like in the future. Yeah. I think uh, it'd be great to see him, toe the line he definitely brings an excitement level just being at a race and like his like you said he's inspired kind of a whole generation of ultra runners um and be yeah it'd be awesome to see him continue for sure yeah 
but yeah, you're totally right. I think he even cited like he didn't feel as much pressure this time to, you know, go out hard, go out fast. He kind of run his own race. He didn't need to lead wire to wire or have or anything. You know, that was mm-hmm. it was like Cody Reed's turn to like go out at under course record pace and kind of like, you know, put it out there in the first half. Uh, it's cool to see. Maybe we'll get him out at a – I don't know if he would run any, like, Air Viper races, if that's, like, his style. I don't oh, really know. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see you, Black Canyon. Da-da-da-da. That'd be fun. The chat uh, is, like, yeah. silent. Are we even live anymore? I have no idea. Can we get anything? Any Anton fans in the chat? I have no clue. There's so many on Instagram, so there has to be at least one in the chat. So I mean, many meme accounts. We're we just, going wild. Oh, for Anton? Oh, yeah. We got some good ones? It was it was nuts. Like, especially like the lead-up to uh, Leadville. I mean, between the... Just like the countdowns, like, oh, no, we lost Jamil. I'm still here. Oh, okay, I'm back. Okay, okay great. Um, I had one screen. I had no screens. Now we're back. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite ultra running meme account? Uh, I mean, I feel like your boy Scott Jerk is putting out the most content right now. Um, it's got some diversity. It also referenced Patty in one, so like I have to inherently give them give them extra love because you know. My SFRC teammates getting dragged is always a good day for me in our group text. So, yeah, that's probably that's probably where I'm at. And admittedly, I'm trying to stay off of Instagram, or at least like be on it less. Um, there was literally like a Wall Street Journal article that came out, I think, sometime this week or last week, around how like even internal documents in the company at Facebook have identified that. Instagram is causing all of these body image issues for, for teenage girls. So I'm like, yeah, I get that. We hear the same thing from adults. So, so I'm trying to try to step back from that part of it's just, I'm busy as hell, but uh, the other side of it's just, I don't need to be doom scrolling all day I mean, wasting I'm, time or mental energy on that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's super fair for sure. Um, I haven't not been checking the meme accounts, but I would say, I'm definitely a fan of your boy Scott Jurek over like ultra running memes at this point. Sorry to say it, but I think they're they're definitely a bit more witty and in tune with with what's going down in 2021 ultra running. I'll just say it here first. Well, I look forward to uh, what I'm sure will be a great bracketology that comes up when the Mountain Outhouse News eventually returns where we just like power rank all the meme accounts until we get to the best one of 2021 just saying well are there any others besides those two is the question i think those are the two main ones but i mean if you guys have any other any other ones oh i'm sure there's others there's gotta be like running companies and like teams that are doing their own things but they might be a little bit more niche but also there might be some international stuff they were just not plugged into because we can't speak under other languages, I guess. So, yes, we will take all recommendations. Don't we have an entire section of the the Run Steep Discord that's dedicated to memes and like comedy? It's like that's definitely a place where folks should. Dude, the Discord, the Discord. Besides, and I'm going to shout him out, Charlie Seymour. The Discord is dead right now, um, but I'm I've actually been more active on Discord lately in other groups. So I think we need to revamp the Discord, but reorganize it. I think yeah. I'm gonna re I'm gonna relaunch the Discord. I'm gonna shut it down and reorganize it. I think it's cool. gonna be good. It's gonna be great. I, honestly, I learned a bunch of stuff about how Discord works in the past couple of weeks. So now yeah. I've been engaging in it. But yes. What are you, uh, what are what are, are you on other Discord groups? I am. I'm actually like in a coaching. Uh, what do you call that? Consortium. Uh, and so with actually, it's the. Steve Magnus and John Marcus, the guys who do uh, the Magnus and Marcus podcast uh, and do High Performance West and put out a bunch of content. They have a whole like coaching class and there's a Discord attached to it. So in addition to just like a bunch of stuff on 
you know, workouts and physiology and psychology of running and all that that I've been learning. There's also just coaches. You'll have to send me. me I'll I'll talk talk to you about that. I'm going to join it up. (laughs) So you think. Um, But no, it's been good. (laughs) I'm not going to get approved, but we'll see. We'll see Uh, what's up. Discord, yeah. I like it. This is good. See, this is our planning set. It's a brainstorm session. This is great. That's how it happens because we don't talk. So we do have as much as we should outside yeah. of the podcast. I mean, but. we. I mean, we should be FaceTiming when we wake up in the morning, probably. Okay. Just, uh, just kidding. <laughs> All right, let's move on from that awkward interaction. Um, okay. Chris Ancy asks, Jamil, how much damage has COVID done to running? And I guess we could both answer this. Damage? I I don't know. I mean, like, it seems like mo- a lot of events are back. I'm sure some have gone away and won't come back. But I don't know. I don't know if it's, like, had now looking back as much of an effect as it seemed at the time like it would be a fear of like ending things if anything people i think seemed hungrier than ever for it to run to have that outlet um me personally i think my running is not better than before (laughs) i don't know i'm trying to figure that out personally but um yeah i don't know what's your take on it um there's kind of a couple ways this cuts, right? Yeah, there are certain races that, you know, obviously got canceled. Some of the smaller ones might not be back. Um, so from that perspective, bummer, yes. Um, I can say from, like, the Bay Area perspective, there were so many more people out and about, you know, walking, jogging. You know, we now have a lot more slow streets that have been set up where there's just less or no car traffic allowed. And so pedestrians have more right of way. Um, and from that perspective, I think it's actually benefited running. Folks have been like, well, I had nothing else to do. It was a safe endeavor. Now I'm like, this is a lifelong hobby that I picked up in my you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s that I can now kind of carry forward. Whether that leads to racing or not, it's a completely different ball game. But hey, if people are out moving and staying healthy, then net win. Um, from a, just, and then there's the fan perspective which is we're about to have, other than because Tokyo got postponed, we're about to have five marathon majors in seven weeks, right? So you're going to be able to, like, have what is normally a very scattered road racing schedule, like, hyper-compressed. So if you love watching running, then the next two months is going to be, like, heaven for you, right? You're going to have that. We just came off of the shorter, like, 20K, 10-mile, you know, road mile situation. We're about to go into this marathon season for the marathon majors. We're going to have CIM. Um, So, yeah, like, we're going to, as a fan, you're going to be in a good spot. I think that now people are starting to get invested. We're coming off of the Olympics, which is, like, the one time every four years that the general population is like, oh, running is a thing that's actually interesting to watch potentially. And so if we can capitalize – on that momentum as well, um, you know, Molly Seidel taking bronze, all of a sudden people are like, hey, like, maybe the marathon's a cool thing. Like, let me watch one of these that's coming up. Um, you got Shalane, you know, about to run all the marathon majors over the next seven weeks. So, yeah, I think I think for all things considered, uh, you know, this is this might be running's chance to, like, get a little bit more like market share, I guess, uh, in, the, in the the public's eye for good athletics to enjoy. Yeah, I think that's a great perspective. And even just in my own experience, I think the COVID and the shutdowns, it forced innovation and it forced us to take a step back and be like, okay, we can't have these spectators out at vents. I know that that's true for us. We have to provide a way for the family and friends that can't travel and for them to get involved in what's going on with these races and these events and, and partake. So the technology aspect has also moved forward. So even some of the tech we use for our live streams was created due to the pandemic, you know, a zoom type thing or these zoom type technologies where these are like remote meeting type things that can now be utilized 
in the running space to share what's going on with a wider audience. And that, it was probably inevitable to happen. I think it sped up and it shortened that timeline for when it was implemented. And people are, you know, I know for us, like, when we couldn't have spectators and crews at Black Canyon, it was like, well, we got to live stream it. Like, absolutely, we have to show people what's going on. This is a premiere event. This, this needs to happen. And yeah. that wouldn't have happened without this whole situation. So, yeah. And yeah, I, it's, it's I think it's true, it's true in other places. I think you're seeing it on the track world. There's people innovating. Mm -hmm. They're using the new technology. And it's just accelerating it all. And I think at the end of the day, who benefits? All of us that are into this. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, in terms of the United States, you know, we started it. And then, you know, we ended up with, you know, the Trials of Miles guys and Insidious Mag, like putting on all those live streams of the uh, of the COVID track meets, getting ready for the trials. You, now we have, you know, Saucony is out there, um, like doing a dedicated shoe launch in the same way that Hoka had done for uh, both carbon x uh versions and so like again it's getting people um regardless of nation or time and space being able to to hop in and, and enjoy and appreciate running uh at its finest because at the end it's you know it's it's a pretty straightforward sport right it's you battling the clock and you battling the competition and like you can't hide there's no subjective judging in the way that you see in other sports you know that's why when people watch the olympics there are folks who are just like not into gymnastics or some of the rhythmic uh or synchronized swimming and things like that because of the the judgment subjectivity there you know they they like the hard and fast like here's the rules here's how it went down here's a clue to find where so um yeah i think we're we're in a good position where that's now more available for folks like you can go on youtube and if you're running on your treadmill, you know, as the nights get long and the, the season gets cold, you have so many races, uh, so many workouts, so many things that you can watch um, that that are just like raw running entertainment to keep you inspired, keep you motivated. So as we continue to move towards normal, whatever that looks like, you know, I think that these are these are systemic changes within the running space that are gonna they're gonna hang around. We've got some feedback from May Gaxtetter in the chat here. Thanks for chiming in. Um, entry numbers in Minnesota for longer trail races are down from just her limited sample sizes. So races that normally sell out in weeks or need a lottery are not filling up. However, there are enough runners to maintain the event. So that's kind of interesting. I think. I mean, as far as, as we're considered concerned with Aravipa, I think a lot of our races are are definitely at or exceeding pre-COVID levels almost across the board. I would say, like, you know, like Mogion for us and even Flagstaff Skype Geeks, I think the, some of the numbers are, are down a little bit, but mostly that was because of permitting. We literally pulled these events together relatively close to the event dates like we didn't get final approval until one or two months before so you're going to expect lower numbers but i mean the 100 mile for for mogion was the largest number of starters we've seen so speaking of mogion um we did launch a new point to point course this year which was was kind of the reason i wanted to toe the line and charlie was asking did people like the new course uh <laughs> I haven't, like. <laughs> I haven't taken a poll, but uh, of finishers or entrance. But I mean, I loved it. The first forty-two was absolutely brutal. Uh, the stretch from fish hatchery to myrtle, especially brutal. But I do have to say, shout out to the Aravipa event crew team, also director Noah, but Luke and Cody, who went out there the week of the week before the race. They took the weed the weed whackers and they cleared that thing they cut the grass and the ferns we were out there three weeks before and you could not see the trail it was just completely closed in because we've gotten so much rain here mm -hmm. and on race day it was amazing it was just a clear path you just followed like the cut dead grasses and like i had no problem it was it was amazing so thank you cody and luke you guys are incredible 
shout out to you both. Trail work matters. It's so good. Uh, what else do we got in the chat here? Uh, there was one about Brian Aaliyah. That's a, a common name in the Woo-hoo! chat here. <laughs> uh, Havelina a hangover this weekend. Big Era Viper racing team names in the 50K. We got Scion. We got Charlie Ware. So Charlie, as you know, Charlie Ware from Tucson, he has kind of a love, I feel like a love-hate relationship with Western States. Uh, he's had some incredible performances there. He's had some DNFs there. It's it's like every year it's, it's up or down, but he goes for it. He's earned his golden ticket several times at, at our events, and he's gearing up. He's running Havelina 100. He's running the Hangover is kind of our Havelina prep race, so it it takes place out at the same park. It's a night run. You can run up to 75K. It's this weekend. Um, sign-up's available on site if you want to come check it out. Um, so, yeah, he's probably doing a tune-up, getting out on the course, getting the legs, you know, tested out in the night. So should be a good time. It's funny that it's a tune-up race when most of the people – on the front end, like folks who are like going for the golden tickets will not be running at night at Havelina at the hundred, if all things go well. Right. So yeah, it's, it's, if you can navigate that race, well, it's mostly the same temperature at night. Yes. But if you can, if you can navigate it without the same like line of sight, uh, then you, yes, you will, you will be solid for Havelina hundred. That's a really good point. Uh, those that are doing the 75K do start at 5 p.m. So your first loop will be in the heat. And that might even be more beneficial. I think you're you're still still far enough out where I think doing that would be okay. Like a 75K, 40, 45, 46 miles right now. Probably be your last big long run. Um, but the 50K is kind of perfect, I think, for yeah. overall. But yeah, the leaders, I mean what they're dipping about an hour into the dark in the evening something like that for a 13 13 hour finish something like that so uh let's see james walsh been missing these pos been missing these podcasts welcome back and then charlie is asking is are these going to be on thursdays now i think no but if they (laughs) might pop up randomly so yeah, we're, we're yes, we know that consistency is the key. However, uh, life happened. I had to meet with a potential wedding photographer, so that that was my my Tuesday, um, and then I had some presentations because we are still busy as public health officials. So I had some had some things pop up last minute. Um, but yeah, no, the the goal is to at least try to get back to to the weekly schedule. So even if the live uh, recording might float a couple you know hours might be a different day uh still trying to make sure you have something for those those weekend long runs uh or whatever you need them for those long commutes to to work if you're going back into the office so we want to take care we want to take care of you guys gotta get the people what they want so that's that's the plan that's the hope we'll bring we'll bring all the other mountain outpost products back uh in in due time that's the plan i got like two months worth of video footage I got to cut down and uh, I'll have my vlogs because I told you guys I got a, I got a crazy season. Uh, and then, you know, I'm, I'm looking at Jamil for the news. So the news will come. The news will come soon. Um, we do got one more question here, which I'm just going to answer real quick. Brian Steinberg. Actually, I think it's Ryan Steinberg runs too much is his full handle name, username, which is pretty cool. <laughs> He asks, do you have the new GoPro yet? Do you? I don't. I was just talking about this this weekend, about how we need to make this happen. I thought but you, had, I it, I thought you had it in. I got the 9. I, I don't have that, that 10 yet. I, I mean, I have, a, I, have a, I have an in. I got somebody I should call, but I have uh, not, make I have that not call. secured it. Mine just arrived today. Nice. Very excited. It's still in the package. I haven't had time to set it up. But I am, and I'm repping it, heading up to Whistler tomorrow, Whistler Alpine Meadows, Gary Robbins, Coast Mountain Trail Runs. They've had one event in 18 months. It was like 
a few weeks ago. So this is their second race back. Canada's had a long lockdown. Mm -hmm. Heading up there, doing some coverage for Solomon and the Golden Trail series. So check that out. Um, very excited to be heading up there. I ran the 100 miler last time it was held in 2019. And beautiful, tough race. This year I'm, I'm doing media. Uh, video helping out the team. There's going to be incredible media team up there. Uh, they put on a great show. It's going to be great to see Gary. So I guess I'm going to post some Instagram content. I know you're not supposed to be on there, but I'm going to post some and it should be a good time. So I'm going to bust out the 10, try and get some good content with that one. And uh, yeah, that's my weekend. First nice. That's yeah. going to be a little bit more, uh, Engage. That's not true. I'm having a pretty engaging weekend, but got a got a wedding because that's what happens in your 20s and 30s. Is you got to go to everybody else's wedding, and they've all been postponed and then jammed all together uh, after 2020. <laughs> so that's thrilling. Uh, and then making an appearance at a uh, the Long Beach Grand Prix, taking taking it back to Long Beach for for one day, you know, because I didn't spend enough time there this summer. So yeah, it'll be fun. Maybe I'll get some GoPro footage of that, and then have it promptly confiscated by the IndyCar powers that be. Do we have some run flat, stay low news this week? Of course. Um, so let's take a look back, uh, much like we did for the, the ultra scene, the run steep news uh, of the summer. Obviously, we had an Olympics. Things were crazy. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, Safan Hassan, taking three medals uh, in the 15, the 5, and the 10K, uh, two of which were gold, so that was insane. Uh, you got Jakob Engelbretson coming through, just young and just having a good time. And it's just like, cool, like I'm going to win for the next eight years, like try to try to beat me in the 15. So that's been enjoyable. Uh, we had resolution uh, and two doping or sort of, uh, I guess, ban uh, conversation. So Shelby's, uh, Shelby Houlihan had her whole cast announcement come out uh, and you read all the science and you read how basically the scientists just dumped on the burrito defense. So it was like, cool. I think everybody is, even if you wanted to believe that that was possible, yeah, they, they pretty much just crapped all over that. So that's a four-year ban. That's going to be upheld. Uh, and then Alberto Salazar's ban is still upheld for its full duration. So uh, if, if you're an American distance running fan, you're like, yeah, we're going to take these L's in the same way that we've seen a lot of uh, sort of other nations take them, and we're just going to next people up. Uh, so obviously we've had, we had a lot of success at the Olympics in the distance uh, events. Obviously, Courtney Frerichs being uh, one of the, the premier ones in the women's steeplechase. Uh, but, you know, as we moved through the road season, had a lot of a lot of great things happen. We had Jenny Simpson move from Fifth Avenue Mile up to Cherry Blossom, which is the uh, U.S. 10 Mile Championships. Uh, she took second, so it's good to see her moving up in distance from uh, from her known strengths of the 15 and 3,000 sort of distance. So that hey, if she can extend her career and keep running, you know, 10 mile half marathon, even potentially marathon races. That's great for the sport. Uh, we obviously have a bunch of new balance athletes to stay crushing it uh, throughout the Diamond League series. Uh, we, on the field event side, we had Ryan Browser just stay stunting in the shot put world record, second furthest row ever. Uh, you had Valerie Allman in the women's discus set a new American record. Like, things are crazy. So women's throws are nuts right now. If you're not here for throws, like, get on board with women's throws in America because they are threatening goals in literally every single throwing event. So it, it's just awesome to see. And then, yeah, as I, as I sort of alluded to earlier, uh, Molly Seidel with that marathon victory – or, excuse me, that marathon bronze in Tokyo – now she's going to New York City, which will be the last of the five uh, Abbott Marathon majors that are occurring this fall. First one is Berlin. It goes down this weekend. It's not the most stacked field uh, in terms of uh, who we're going to see at each of these marathons. Um, but uh, Denisa Bekele is going to be there on the men's side. His coach had some interview 
yesterday or today, who's like, is he going to take down the world record? He is in shape to do it. So Berlin, notoriously fast. It's where the world record has been set multiple times over, uh, especially on the men's side. So we'll see if he can knock out uh, Kipchoge's world record there. Obviously, the sub-two attempt from Kipchoge was not a world record legal attempt. So we're still looking at 201, uh, 201 low. If he can get too flat uh, and change, then we'll see what happens. That ignites the whole thing. But Michele is also known for really only finishing like half the races that he signed up for. Uh, also notable because he's also signed up for New York City. So between those two, which one will he finish? We'll find out uh, if Berlin is the one and then if he uh, ends up going to New York anyway. Uh, on the women's side, it's not as uh, not as fancy, but we do have... Uh, the woman with the the fastest marathon this year, uh, Hiwat uh, Geberkadan, I believe is how you pronounce it. Uh, she ran a 219.35 earlier this year. She's there in Berlin. She's ready to run fast. We got a bunch of people uh, who are also like making their marathon debuts or have had some uh, good performances on more less racer-friendly courses, I'll put it that way. Uh, so we could see some some pretty fast times on the women's side, so don't be surprised if we see a 2.18, maybe even a 2.17 uh, win it on that end. Uh, so that's sort of like the, the deep, deep distance part. Um, and cross-country season is back, baby. Yeah, it's college season. So um, we have it back in its traditional fall section. Uh, we have had a few races, uh, especially in D1, that have occurred, but this is really the weekend where things uh, really, really kick off. So we have Roy Priak is happening, uh, I believe tomorrow, could be Saturday. Um, and that's kind of the first one where we're going to see a lot of D1 teams uh, that could be podium contenders or battling for top 10 spots at nationals. Uh, we've already seen some performances from the BYU uh, teams. NAU just like went and just demolished the field at Oklahoma State last week. So, so we know that they're in a good position. Um, and then we had uh, the Dellinger invite literally just ended a couple hours ago uh, up in Oregon. So we saw that uh, a few unattached Oregon women uh, definitely showed up, but those Utah women, really surprised a lot of folks. So don't be surprised if you start hearing a little bit about uh, the Utah women and the Colorado State women um, as we as we move into uh, this championship season. We got like a month or so until pre-Nats and then two months until Nationals. So cross country is back also for the adults, but we'll talk about that at another time. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm excited. And because uh, I had an assist with my research because I was driving back from practice, because again, since cross country's back, that means I'm also coaching now. Uh, uh, the, my, my assistant researcher in the other room, who also pays half the rent, she wanted me to bring up uh, Shakari Richardson related things, uh, mostly one that she got demolished at the Prefontaine Classic after missing the Olympics because of that crazy weed situation. Uh, where she got banned for a month and then came back and then took last to pre. Uh, also didn't have a series of great races uh, in Europe after that. Obviously wasn't the Diamond League Finals, so whatever. Um, she also got referenced in a Drake song. So if you're a track athlete, I mean, that's pretty much as good as it gets for you, is getting <laughs> referenced in the Drake song. Um, and then she also got clapped back from Usain Bolt, who praised her last week for being good for the sport and just like entertaining. And then this week was like, but also train more because we're not going to keep talking about you if you keep putting up these trash performances. <laughs> so that's kind of, I mean, that, that's kind of where we're at. Oh, uh, man. And then Allison Felix, which is like everybody's favorite mom uh, in, in the track world, uh, showed up at the Met Gala and had a great outfit. So if you haven't seen Allison Felix's Met Gala outfit, uh, it was highly fashionable, unlike any Kardashian or most anybody else who was there. Like, Allison was, she, she was, she was crushing it. So nice. things that the other room cares about, want to share with you guys. Um, yeah, yeah, we're, we're bringing it all. We got the fashion in here now. We got the like track drama, Twitter drama. It's great. Love it. Dude, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting, especially because Worlds next year is here in the United States. And so all of this drama, let's like, let's keep it swarming because then we get to be on site for it in Oregon next summer so so we're going yeah. i mean let me look at the dates because i might also you know 
be at my wedding. But you know, if that's okay. not a thing, fair, then we'll fair talk enough. about we can it. Get some yeah. media passes, maybe. What's <laughs> the worst thing that happen? Perfect. Uh, cool. What else do we got here? Well, we got a comment in the chat. Uh, any thoughts on Debo being added to the Western States board? Oh yeah, that did happen. Uh, super excited. Yeah. Perfect. Honestly, yeah, that's the only thought. Like, hey, I'm I am all for people who are not just well versed in the sport, but also fans of what's currently going on and like in tune enough to under to, to realize the long arc of all these changes and how it's going to impact the athlete experience and the perception of the sport in the fans' eyes. Like he has a very holistic. Uh, perspective so I'm, I'm all on board for it one thing i was going to bring up kind of piggybacking off your your comments earlier about burrito gate etc um so there there was a bit of news that came to light i don't know that actually i think it was a bit of a press release around iron man slash utmb banning the use of nsads i don't know if i'm saying that right but the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs basically ibuprofen banning it and then there was more there was just there was more to that uh essentially you had to abstain from any tue like if you have a tue for any substance that protects you from like the normal wada banned substances uh you have to abstain from those for seven days prior to an event uh, and then there was like another list of things like 24 hours before a race. So essentially where to provide a little more context, where this is coming from, it's coming from the courts program and the recommendations of courts having to do with their involvement with UTMB and the old trail world tour. And I guess that they're like adopting this and promoting it more now there's a lot to unpack here and I don't know if we have time to get into all of it now, but um, Jason Coop had a long Twitter thread on it. You could go check that out. You could go read it directly. There's a press release, I believe out there from Iron Man. Um, yeah. Coop was saying that this is, um, it's not good for the sport, what they're trying to do. It's confusing. And it seems like there's some contradictory parts of it. I think there's a bit lost in translation Quartz is a program that was developed in Europe, and I do know they have a pretty spicy Twitter. They like to get on there and they like to bash, like they're bashing Lance Armstrong this week, and they're kind of making fun of a lot of the other drug testing programs. Like Lance Armstrong had 250 drug tests and passed them all, but yet he was doping the whole time, and they claim their program would have caught him. There's like a lot to unpack for sure. Um, I don't know how much we want to get into it right now. <laughs> uh, well, I find that hard to believe on Lance or really anything before like the biological passport came into play. Uh, I feel like that was kind of where anti-doping really took a turn where it's like, no, we just have all of these samples of yours and we know when things are just like out of whack, even for your own personal, uh, nuance or specifications or what have you. So, uh, so try again, Quartz. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be fraught with issues, right? Because at what point does it stop? Is it just, hey, if you're going for prize money, do you team even have prize money? Um, is it, you know, hey, age groupers, you know, like it, how do you check for these things? If you have a, a therapeutic use exemption for an inhaler, like, are they going to roll up and be like, hey, like, it, let's look in your pack to make sure you don't have it on course. That's one thing, but do you have it in your hotel room before you get to the line for CCC? Like, what, what does that mean? Um, yeah, I, I, enforceability is going to be interesting. I'll have to dig into it because admittedly I've only seen sort of things pop up on Twitter and people's uh, yeah. initial reactions, but... I mean, obviously yeah. something important to talk about. Um, yeah, I think there's some... Coop brought up some challenges with the policy, like how do you enforce it? And if there's if there's something that is in your system, he was saying there's certain things that can get in your system and show up on a test, 
Like mm -hmm. you could abstain from it for seven days, but it's still going to show up in your hair sample. And they said they might test for a hair sample. So I, I who, but that's the kind of speculation on how they're going to actually enforce this. There were apparently three abnormal results from UTMB this year. They're not sanctioning those athletes. They're not publishing those names, but there were abnormal results. So the question is, what are they going to do going forward? If UTMB Ironman group is going to become like the Kona of ultra running, and like this championship, I mean, it's kind of adopted already as like, I mean, UTMB is the most popular ultra in the world. You could argue Western States, you know, it's certainly the largest like kind of festival of, of ultra running, but um, you know, and they clearly have, they are one of the leaders of the sport. So how is this going to trickle down or be applied? Is this something we need and want? Is this what the athletes want? Is this what the sport wants? It's a lot of questions. Um, yeah, so I guess like maybe it's something that we should keep an eye on as things move forward. But we're kind of bringing it up, making sure people know about it. And yeah, like what happens if you do not adhere to the courts program and what they have? What kind of repercussions are you going to have as an athlete if you do get tested and, and have a positive result or a violation? Is that going to be a mark against you? Is that going to affect you in some way? You know, courts and UTMB is not unofficial governing body of anti-doping they're not like a usada in the u.s or a wada world anti-doping it's kind of this own thing and so you know how does that fit into the whole puzzle of anti-doping they're kind of this other organization and you know what yeah kind of like is that going to become accepted or not I, it seems like currently not accepted in the u.s absolutely not certain races I mean, the Ultra Trail World Tour races have a courts program component. So currently, Havelina and in Western States at least have a level of courts that are part of it. So anyways, it's kind of an opening. We might talk more about it if people want us to or not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll have to go into it because it, it every race, and this is part of the issue writ large, uh, especially in ultras, but also in just like other endurance sports with large age group participation um it's you know what's the standard and it's not consistent across races right because western states has a very specific anti-doping policy and if you have you know any past potential uh you know issue then you can't race their race but then that's not necessarily how utmb is going to work so if you get kicked out of utmb or like the TUE thing, is that going to be what then flags you from not being able to take a golden ticket or ever compete at Western? Like all these things don't line up with each other. Um, obviously, Ironman has had a large issue with you know age group uh, performance enhancing drugs being used. Uh, we've seen that at Kona. We've seen it at some of their other qualifying races. Um, so I understand from the company's perspective why they would be trying to get ahead of that as they take over a new enterprise but i think whether this is, coming, this is the best way i have no idea this I, is, I don't think this is coming from iron man it's coming from utmb slash courts but obviously iron man is is choosing to adopt it and and sign off on it of course you know right so yeah it's gonna be a mess we'll dig into it yeah it's not yeah. post investigation. Like we, just, we just kind of opened the Pandora's box. A, we just peeked in a yeah. little bit. We'll get deeper once. I think we need to read up more on it for sure. And, for sure. Um, and let's be just like in case people have missed the mark here. We clearly were fans of clean sport. Like we want oh, people yeah. to be clean and racing. Like we're not fans of doping in any way, shape, or form, or just like cheating broadly speaking. Uh, but yeah, there are ways that, you know, there needs to be accountability set up. There needs to be some sort of consistency or, um, you know, some way for athletes to have a fair chance to understand the rules that they are signing up for. And, you know, when they click submit on their registration, they know, like, how to comply. But then also, we understand, like, what it means broadly for, for the sport. Because if it means, like, hey, I can only race in these types of racers or these specific races or these this geography of races, then that's... That's a consideration that, from a growth of the sport perspective, uh, you know, we need to we need to pay attention to. I mean, if we look at, I don't know if these are the only two major points of this, say this policy, but um, like the banning of TUEs, saying like basically 
we're eliminating the TUE loophole. I mean, that's a very strict stance on anti-doping. So they're saying anything WADA, TUEs, they're out. So, I mean, that's a, it's just a strong stance. And, and I don't know enough about the science to know, like, are these TUEs, I think there could be some people taking advantage of the TUE system, uh, certainly. Uh, but there's also probably people that need, they need this for their day-to-day -day health you know, for their existence. And mm -hmm. so to say that like, okay, well now you're in violation and you can't, you can't run or you might have a lifetime ban is potentially a harsh. So there could be some nuance. And I think the other thing, like the banning of ibuprofen, um, I mean, I think it's, there's more and more science coming out that says ibuprofen is probably not a good thing to be taking when you're running an ultra marathon. I don't know if it's completely definitive, but my personal experience is I try to stay away from painkillers or ibuprofen, anything like that. It's an additional stress on the body, stress on the kidneys, probably something if you can, if you can abstain from it, you're probably going to be better off. So I don't, but like banning it and like having sanctions for taking it, you know, that's a whole nother thing. Um, but that's kind of a, a whole nother discussion, but. That's yeah, my, so my, are, hot, my hot take on it. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to read in on some rationales as to, you know, the whys. Tell, tell us why. Do, you don't just make a blanket, we're not going to allow this sort of thing. Tell, and, give, and, give that's the, and that's the tough part. I think, like, I think it's hard. It's been challenging to get, like, a um, – it's, like, lost in translation from courts and the, and, the, and the doctors and the people that are part of courts. It's – doesn't translate well kind of their i think their pr could be a little bit better on how they deliver uh their message but anyways check out coop's tweet read it up let us know we'll, we'll get back to it we'll circle back cool uh yeah i think uh <laughs> i don't know what else i got we want to kind of wrap it up for this week <laughs> sure given we had no plan coming into this yeah no we got we got about an hour of choppy audio probably for y'all hey listen we're back this, this is this is what you get if you want something polished you got a lot of other options if you want something just raw and gritty just like that philadelphia mascot that's what we're here for a uh, couple more questions here well zach fairchild says i can't believe this is happening i don't know if that's in reference in reference to quartz or with us talking about it i don't know uh clinton allen here's one now that NCAA athletes are able to take advantage of their name, image, and likeness, are we going to see Aravipa sponsoring any college athletes? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Are there are there any college athletes that are out there listening to this show? I don't know. Maybe reach out. We'll see. I'm not touching that. I don't I speak no, for Aravipa. I don't... <laughs> I have no idea. I don't I work for a brand. But I haven't thought about that. I will. Uh, hey, listen, if you're a college athlete who likes our podcast, you let me know. There we and go. I will, I will stock Tifers and make sure that you get the appropriate shout outs when you do well. How about that? That's, that's the, Love it. that is the level of support that I can guarantee. That you're is like, the run flat. Like if, if Air Viper won't sponsor and run flat will. Yeah. I mean, not monetarily. I'll just hype you up, which might get you, I don't know. <laughs> some sort of clout you can clout. shop this and then put it on your ig and be like listen i was name dropped and then i don't know Perfect. i don't think i'm that i don't think i'm that influential but hey if <laughs> if we if, if that's what you want it's basically a cameo appearance fee without without me having to get paid i guess so i just took money out of my own pocket so that's a bummer uh cool whatever what else <laughs> what else are we talking about great work uh yeah, I think we're going to wrap it up on that note. Just Sweet. Sweet. It's cool. We can do a special drop, like a wedding drop. Perfect. Chill. <laughs> All right. Uh, do we want to, before, before we, before we oh, go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. One, let's just, we're, we're going to attempt to make this a weekly thing. So get excited we'll bring it back we'll do some 
some more previews. Obviously, we got the Berlin Marathon coming up this weekend, but then we've got a whole host of ultras coming up uh, in this season. Obviously, Javelina being uh, the large one domestically here in the United States. Uh, but we got, what, five, four other marathon majors now. Uh, so we'll, we'll keep you up to date. We'll keep you up to date on cross country uh, so that you can get hype for uh, the championships in a couple months. We got other uh, races coming down the pipeline. Uh, obviously, we have some some road stuff. We got some USATF championships that are going to be happening. Like we're going to be taking care of you guys. So uh, we're going to one stop shop. A lot, a lot of news, a lot of previews, a lot of fun. Uh, and then we got our own things going on here. So we'll catch up. It'll be fun. And we're going to be in person with each other in five weeks yes. for Havelina. So uh, won't necessarily be a podcast. We might do a special pod. Who knows? I'm not going to promise anything. Uh, but yeah, dude, we're we're coming back, baby. We're getting it. We're getting it. Go. Get it. Go. On the ultra trail side, I mean, to kind of wrap it up where we're at, we've got big things happening. The Golden Trail Series. The North American Series, which is the inaugural, so we got Whistler Alpine Meadows this weekend. The finale at Broken Arrow is next weekend, and they're going to have some kind of a live stream. So excited to see what that's all about. Yes. And on a larger stage, we didn't even announce talk about this on this pod yet, but the Western States Golden Tickets, uh, they've announced UTMB was a Golden Ticket race. So mm-hmm. your top two men and women, Francois got a ticket, as far as I know. Courtney's got a ticket. Whoever got seconds got tickets. I was running. I don't know. But uh, those people have tickets. La Templier, which I believe is coming up very shortly in France, is also a golden ticket. And the Havelina 100-mile golden ticket race. We've got 100-mile races back in the golden ticket series, which is exciting. It's been back to the Montreal Ultra Cup days, I believe. They used to have 100 as a ticket race. I don't even know which one it was, but I believe they used to have it. So you can now race your way into Western States at the Havelina 100, and we'll be live streaming it for all of you. Very exciting stuff. So we'll be getting commentary on all this stuff going down in the next few weeks. Gonna be lit. All right. Excited. Excited oh. Falls here. And Biggs. Biggs Backyard is coming up too. Oh, yeah. Golden Tickets, Golden Hours, Golden Trail Series, Golden Tickets for Bigs. I mean, it's just the gold. There's so much gold. I don't even know. We got to come up with some new marketing ideas in the sport, people. Like, how much gold can we do? (laughs) I love gold. (laughs) Great. Yeah, we're going to have just... So many awesome oh, references. Great. Awesome. Looking forward to it. And looking forward to being back. Thank you all for joining tonight. If yeah. you were live in the chat, thanks for listening uh, on your podcast of choice uh, on the Steep Life Media channel. If you're listening to this after the fact, drop in whatever the new Discord is when we launch it. Otherwise, until then, you can send us Instagram comments. It might take us a while to read them based on our current habits. But, hey, let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you need. Let us know what you're feeling. Let us know what you're checking out. And, uh, you know, let's keep this baby going. See you next week. All right, guys.